0: Satellite Sisters WordWrite Festival is brought to you by Elizabeth the First Wife, the new novel by Leon Dolan. Celebrate the release of this romantic comedy by entering the Summer with Shakespeare sweepstakes. Win a weekend in Ashland, Oregon, courtesy of the Oregon Shakespeare Festival, the Ashland Springs Hotel, and Prospect Park Books. For more information, go to SatelliteSisters.com. If you are listening to the Satellite Sisters, welcome to one of our special Satellite Sisters Word Right editions, where we're talking to authors this spring and summer to celebrate great new fiction and nonfiction out there. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California, and I'm happy to be joined by my sister Julie Dolan in Dallas, Texas.
1: Well, I'm happy to be with you, Sister Leanne. Thank you. And we are very excited to be
0: speaking with a writer from Seattle, the Seattle area, I should say. I don't know if you technically live in Seattle. Amy Hotfany is with us. Her new book is called Heart Like Mine, and people, it's juicy. There is a lot in there, a lot to tell about uh, your role as a mother and a stepmother. There's a mysterious death. There's a mysterious past, and there's just a lot of good writing. So it's really a pleasure to welcome Amy to the Satellite Sisters WordWrite Festival.
3: Oh, my gosh. I'm so happy to be here,
0: Leanne and Julie. Thanks for having me. Oh, our pleasure. You know, Amy, I was one of those people in the audience when you spoke at Romans a couple weeks ago in Pasadena, yeah. and um, I admit I was checking you out. because <laughs> I,
3: was, I was being scoped. I had no idea. <laughs> I know.
0: I was in the back. I showed up on time. I bought a book, but I couldn't stay to get it signed, uh, but um, um, but I was reading about your work and your new novel, Heart Like Mine, and there are a lot of themes in there that we talk about on Satellite Sisters all the time. Your role as a woman and a mother. And, you know, we haven't had any sort of mysterious deaths yet on Satellite Sisters. But Thank I thought, goodness. Yeah. But, but I thought, you're leaving
3: your options open. Okay. Yes, you never know.
0: <laughs> One of the sisters may mysteriously disappear. Amy. <laughs> Um, But you're such a great speaker, and sometimes that is not the case with writers. And you just had a really inspirational story to tell up front about your ups and downs as a writer. Uh, But you have such enthusiasm for what you do. Do you feel like you have the best job in the world?
3: I absolutely have the best job in the world. And I think... You know, my enthusiasm comes from the fact that I started in this business probably 13 years ago and I had some early kind of minimal success, published a couple, had a couple of books published, but then, you know, stepped away and lost what I had had. And so coming back to it six or seven years after the fact, and now, you know, having some just really wonderful times with a new publisher and three new books and just feeling like oh my gosh, what a second chance I've been given. And so I just feel such an immense sense of gratitude every day for what I get to do. It is it is literally the best job in the world.
0: And when you stepped away, did you write every day or did you think, oh gosh, I may never write again or I'm just, you you embraced kind of a career in human resources you shared with us. Did you <laughs> well, think I, that I, was I, your passion I, and your path?
3: <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that I embraced human resources. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, actually I, I stepped away and, um, because of a book that didn't sell, I was really, I had hit, um, a really rough time in my career and personal life. I went through a really rough divorce and, you know, sort of pinned on my hopes on this book selling and sort of supporting me and my children and, and doing well. And then the book didn't sell. It was right around nine 11. And, you know, the book I had written what have a, slightly dark edge to it, which a lot of my stuff does. Um, and it just, it just didn't appeal, you know, Hollywood and book business and everything was looking for the uplifting, happy, shiny stories because we were dealing with such trauma in our everyday lives as Americans. And so, you know, I did stop writing a hundred percent. Right, I literally just stopped and, you know, probably three or four. And I was a single mom to two toddlers working a $10 an hour job, you know, trying to hold things together. Of for several. you had
1: no time for writing. No, writing. none, really. Well, were, <laughs> you thinking about, were, you, were you still thinking about stories at that time? Like, you know, you'd have an, uh, an experience and think, oh, this would be a good book, or I could add this to a book.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I, I was, and, you know, but I, my courage and my, and my confidence had been thoroughly shaken. And, you know, I, I'm a pretty sensitive person. I'm thin skinned. And when something painful happens, I have a hard time necessarily um, making sense out of it. And sometimes it takes me a little bit longer to recover from those blows. I think I'm getting better at it as I get older and more mature, hopefully, fingers crossed. Yeah. Um. But, you know, that was, Eight ten 10 years ago that this happened. And so I was still in my early thirties and, you know, starting my life over. So I wasn't really sure at the time whether writing was going to be a part of that.
0: And, but now you have had a couple of successes with recent books, including Outside the Lines and Best Kept Secret. Your new book is Heart Like Mine. You shared at Froman's that you signed a multi-book deal and that you were able to quit your day job in Human Resources. <clears throat>
3: Yay! Yes. (laughs) You know, I'm, I, I'm jesting a little bit just because I really did enjoy my job in human resources because I'm that bubbly, ridiculous sort of people person. Um, and I really learned a lot from, about interaction. I bet. You want to talk about drama, (laughs) Imagine you know, bringing people into your office and have to talk to them about them not smelling good, you know, horrible, but really learning, seeing those reactions and seeing how people navigate through all sorts of circumstances, um, personally and otherwise in the workplace, actually, I think really helped me grow as a writer. And during that time, I did start writing again. I started writing Best Kept Secret. I had the idea um, about this woman who's struggling to come to terms with her alcoholism during a custody dispute for her child. And it just wouldn't leave me alone. And I was a little unsure when I started writing. Um, but as always, once that ball starts rolling, I'm like a dog with a bone. I cannot let it, the story go. I just can't. It obsesses me. And so it took a while. It took me probably two and a half years to get that book written, which is a really long time, but I was working, you know, 70 hours a week. So, um, and then it sold and I was just over the moon excited.
0: You know that's interesting that you say uh, that you were working seventy hours a week because the question I get asked a lot, uh, as I'm a writer too, and uh, is you know where do you find the time to write? And you had such a good response to that because you know you were working seventy hours a week, gone through a divorce, two young kids, and you said you woke up at like four in the morning and wrote.
3: Yeah, I did. I got up really early and. I'm kind of an insomniac to begin with, so I, I can usually function on about four hours of sleep if I'm lucky. And, uh, you know, so I would get up early and I'd write for an hour, hour and a half, and then I'd get up and, and start the day. And then if I was lucky, I'd do a little editing at night. Um, and that's what I did for several years, um, writing two more novels after that. That's
0: incredible. I mean that that takes a lot of discipline, Amy. I'm in awe of that. Your your new book, Heart Like Mine, is um, it's terrific. It's about a blended family, and it just it just has a lot of emotion. You feel everything in the book Absolutely. because uh, I, you get the sense that you've lived through a lot of it, except the mysterious um,
3: <laughs> the yeah, mysterious no death. death. I <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but life uh, is very alive and well.
0: But Liz, you recently had quite an exciting Framebridge experience. Uh, Would you like to share? Would you like to? You know, I talked
2: about how when we were at the Bruce Springsteen concert, I was with our brother Dick, his wife Susan, his two kids, and one of the roadies threw us the set list at the end of the show, which was amazing
0: See why FrameBridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit FrameBridge.com or see a local FrameBridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything, like a Bruce Springsteen set list. That's FrameBridge.com. Thanks, FrameBridge. Liz, summer is coming up, and you know what that means? It means
2: you're grilling. You're grilling I mean, and chilling sure. there yes. with your with your butcher box. What, what do you got going on the grill this summer? Well, you know, here's the thing. Because I'm going to be up in, in Bend for part of the summer, yeah. I'm having my box sent there, Leanne. That's I mean, great. Go on vacation with your butcher box <laughs> is what uh, what, uh, what I'm recommending. Either yeah, <laughs> way, you're just going to buy meat and fish and stuff when you get there. Why do that? Anyway, you know, I love their steaks. I love their scallops. The scallops are really good. And the chicken thighs, all good. I'm ready.
0: That's right. Butcher Box gives you peace of mind and easy to find high quality meat and seafood you can trust. It's 100% grass fed beef, free range organic chicken, pork that's raised crate free, and wild caught seafood. No antibiotics or added hormones. And as Liz said, delivered right to your doorstep. And you can customize that delivery plan, Liz, right? Because it can go wherever you want it to go, whenever you want it to go. If you want to delay it a week, you know, speed it up a week, you just go to your ButcherBox account and you can make that all happen. It's so easy to manage online. Yeah. And if you're like Liz, you can take your ButcherBox on vacation, which is... (laughs) Sign up today at ButcherBox.com slash sisters and use code SISTERS to choose your free-for-year offer, plus get $20 off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. Okay, good. All right, good. But you are a stepmom and you chose to wrote about, write about a stepmom. What is it about that experience that you felt like, oh, I have to get this down on paper?
3: You know I, I what really struck me and sort of inspired me was the dynamic of the relationship between a stepmother and a stepdaughter mm-hmm. and and how different it was to sort of see my second husband as a stepfather interact with my children. And you know they just really accepted him and you know loved him and just embraced him right away. And you know my my stepdaughter and I had a harder time sort of navigating this new territory together. I mean we got along and it was fine, but we had it just wasn't that closeness. And so my writer's mind sort of clicked into that and thought, gosh, why is why is that different? Why is that harder? Mm-hmm. Um, and then. Yeah,
1: when I was reading the book, I was thinking, well, nobody really wants a stepmother, right? So I could understand Ava, the daughter's po- point of view, uh, that it's not like something you wish for, right?
3: Absolutely not. It's like, you know, if your husband brought home another woman, right? And said, um, she's going to live here now, by the way. Um, and, (laughs) and, and you guys need to get (laughs) along. You know, I'm sorry. That's a whole other book, right? Yeah. uh, (laughs) And maybe a comedy. (laughs) Yes, exactly. But I really, I think about that and I think, gosh, for, for Anna. And when I met my stepdaughter, she was much younger. She was when we met, and I made Ava older in the book, 12 years old, when she initially meets Grace, because I wanted to add in that really hormonal dynamic of, you know, craziness that comes along with that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, that you, n- nice. you nailed it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but, Amy, I wanted to ask you about Grace, because she's sort of the central character, and she seems so together as a woman. She's sort of this high-functioning woman. She has this nice job and you can tell she has friends and she's nice to her co- co-workers, but yet she's absolutely terrified to meet, you know, her boyfriend Victor's kids. Do you, th- is that, do you think that's common, that kind of terror where she just, she becomes like completely incompetent or, you know, or, or certainly less confident of her abilities?
3: Right. Well, and, you know, when I was developing Grace's character, I was really uh, inspired by some of my childless by choice women friends who are, you know, in their 40s or, and, you know, for whatever reason, uh, have chosen not to become a parent. And, you know, it's interesting, some of the conversations I'd have with them, they talk about how people sort of looked at them and thought, you know, kind of question, you know, is there something, you know, well, why don't you want to be a mother? Do you not like children? You know, just that sort of idea that women who are not, you know, incessantly maternal have something wrong with them. And I'm, I was thought, first of all, I was fundamentally offended by that. And, <laughs> you know, because motherhood is hard. And I totally understand women who are like, you know what, that's just not my cup of tea and, and that they should be able to continue like that. So grace as a character sort of has that in her. She wasn't, you know, she ended up helping raise her younger brother when she was younger. And she kind of was just like, you know what? I've had my fill of all of this. So I'm just, she put all of her passion and love and, and who she was into her career and her friendships and her other relationships. And so when Victor comes along with these two children, you know, he's divorced and has and she's just like, Oh my God, this is totally foreign territory. And I do think that's a common thing, especially for a woman who doesn't have children coming into the lives of a man who has children.
0: Yeah, and the way your story rolls out in Heart Like Mine, she's like an instant stepmother. She gets almost no time to enjoy her new engagement. They don't even get to tell the children because uh, the you know Ava's real mother um, dies. I, 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 did I give something away? Should I edit no, that out? No, no, that happens right away in the book. <laughs> we just like don't mini, know how mini, she mini dies. Any spoiler, really, spoiler alert. <laughs> I know. Right. Yes. We, we don't know how she dies. Exactly, Amy. So, uh, you know, that's such a good point about single women and that they put a lot of energy into their other friendships. Like you're absolutely into their other relationships. You're absolutely right. Why isn't that valued? Why
3: don't we value that
2: enough?
0: Oh my lord,
3: there's a whole other show, right? right. It's, it's it's insane to me because I, you know, I have such rich, wonderful emotional connections with these women and for anyone to ever insinuate that they have some sort of emotional deficiency because they're not a it just it it makes me crazy. It makes me crazy. <laughs> no, so that's I good. Say, when I was writing Grace, it was really my goal to show her as you know, a fully integrated, emotionally connective, caring woman Mm -hmm. who is just sort of wandering her into a new territory and and unsure of herself. And, you know, that happens to all of us.
0: Yeah, that definitely does. And you did a fantastic job with that. Did you, um, was, it seems slightly risky to write about a stepmother relationship when you have a stepdaughter. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to. That was kindly put. Yes. yes. How'd that go at home, Amy?
3: You know, <laughs> you know. honestly, I did talk to Anna before I started writing and, and wanted to make sure that she would be okay with me pulling from some of the emotional struggle, struggles that we have had and not necessarily specific instances, you know, and there's nothing in the book that actually has happened between Anna and I emotionally sure there's that struggle. There's that, you're not my mom, you know, that little bit of, uh, toughness, uh, the walls that are up and, you know, she was completely hundred percent behind it. I was so, it was, she was very gracious and, um, read the chapters, you know, sort of let me know. It's just what worked and what didn't. She was so helpful. Oh, so, that's
0: neat. Oh, how yeah. old is she now?
3: Your step She's old. almost fifteen. Oh,
0: okay, so she can really read that chapter with a sense of perspective then
3: yeah, exactly. and my my daughter Scarlett, also who is thirteen, has read the book now and and she's like, "Wow, <laughs> <laughs> really' because she's thirteen, she's like, "You really know how my mind works."
1: <laughs> it's like... yeah, I mean, that that's one thing that's amazing about your writing is you do seem like you know you do seem to get into the mind of, you know, the adolescent as well. And that is, that is really good. How, you know, her perspective is really well represented in the book.
3: Well, thank you. I, you know, one of my characteristics as a writer, at least I hope, is, is empathy. And, you know, I really credit, you know, my sister for that. I had a, I grew up with a sister who had uh, special needs, and I wrote a book about her as well, just, you know, rooted in my relationship with her called The Language of Sisters. And, um, you know, she couldn't speak, she couldn't, uh, communicate her needs or feelings. So I think from, you know, my entire life, I've just been someone who has easily read what's going on in other people, you know, because I had to do that with my sister Angie and I'm so grateful. It's the biggest gift she ever gave me. And I, you know, I am a writer today because of her. Absolutely.
1: That is lovely to know. Yeah.
0: Very nice thing to say, especially on a show called Satellite Sisters. Um, uh- Yeah. We're, we're all for sisters and that's, uh, that's a lovely, lovely credit to give your sister. You know, your books are so personal. You mentioned you wrote one about your sister, the best kept secret. you know, this one about, um, that is that about your relationship as a stepmom? Is that crazy or is it courage or is it just because these are the things that are super important to you?
3: I think it's probably a combination of all those okay. things. <laughs> um, you know, the things that is most important to me is emotion in writing, and you know, because when I used to read as a as a little girl, you know what what meant something to me is when I felt something in response to a story. Where where I just might, you know, when you would finish a book and grab that book to your chest and be like ah, oh, you know, this, this writer gets me. I understand. I'm not alone. This person, another person has felt the way I feel. And so, you know, I tend to choose subjects that are important to me and are close to my heart and, um, and that are interesting, you know, that they have lots of different sides to them because my goal is to not show a black or white perspective. My goal is always to kind of do a multi dimensional approach and, if anything for a reader to read one of my books and maybe see something in a way they haven't seen it before, mm-hmm. um, is ultimate success for me.
1: What is, what's been the reaction from other stepmoms to this book?
3: Oh, it's been great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, It's really, it's great. And you know, they, a lot of the emails I've gotten have been, you know, you know, you left this out, you know, <laughs> I was like, well, again, I was trying to, you know, this was a specific situation. I couldn't hit on everything. Um, but ultimately, my goal was, and what I've gotten some real good response from other stepmoms about, is that, you know, we're not evil. We're not all horrible people trying to manipulate a husband into paying more attention to us than our child. Or, you know, we tend to get pitted a lot as challenging, horrible people. And in all honesty, we're all just trying to get through a challenging situation without a rule book you know mm-hmm. when you enter a new family and trying to build a you know trust and respect and all of those really important qualities for a healthy relationship um you know you're going to make mistakes you're going to screw up but I, i'm i feel very honored by the fact that a lot of women have written me and said thank you for getting it right and and not making us evil <laughs>
0: Well, that comes through in heart like mine. You get the sense that it's because you tell the story from various perspectives to you get the sense that it really is a learning experience for everybody. I have to say with the husband, with Victor, I was, or the, the fiance, I'm like, seriously, you couldn't just hire someone else to cook Thanksgiving dinner? I mean, I really was annoyed with him, Amy.
3: <laughs> I know, you know, but I, I wanted to, you know, sometimes men will run into their caves. You know, yeah. cave. When they're in new situations, women tend to kind of dive in. They're like, um, what is it? Elephants when they're stressed, whatever matriarchal society, they run toward each other as a group <laughs> to sort of band together. And you know, the men kind of hightail it and run for the hills because they want to hide and not get hurt. And I think you know, in nature is is truth. So <laughs> there's there's some of that in this story. And there's some of that, you know, in my own relationship, you know, men have a hard time, especially daddies have a hard time seeing their little girls as anything other than perfect.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I wouldn't know. I only have boys and they are not perfect, but um, (laughs) (laughs) that's what I hear. (laughs) True,
3: True, true.
0: So is it a completely different work experience for you now that you are writing full time and how has that changed your sort of routine and your schedule and stuff?
3: Oh my gosh. Um, I still am a morning writer. I, I just, I do better when my brain's still a little foggy. I have a really noisy editor in my head when I'm awake and totally conscious and have had all my coffee. Um, and I do better creatively when I'm not quite awake yet and I don't have that judgmental voice in my head and I'm just getting it on the page. And then I go back later in the afternoon usually and do the critical work where I go back through what I've written early in the morning. And, you know, sort of pick it apart and rework it or identify holes or whatever it is that I need to fix, you know, and then I get up and do it again in the morning and I, it's, I can't even tell you, it is the best ever. I'm, my commute, my commute is from, you know, my bedroom to my laptop and I, it's, it thrills me to no end. I'm just so happy. My my husband says I got my face back.
0: Oh, that's nice. Yeah, you know? I can't. That sounds like a very stressful situation prior. I mean, you know, you're trying to be creative, but you got a lot going on. So, can you tell? Give us a little hint of what what the next book is going to be about. Oh yeah,
3: absolutely. I'm so excited for it. Uh, there's a sneak peek chapter in the back of Heart Like Mine. Oh,
0: I'll <laughs> have to review my copy. The
3: uh, yeah the. The new novel is called Safe With Me, and it'll come out, I believe, uh, February or March next year, 2014, and it tells the story of a woman who loses her daughter suddenly in an accident and ends up donating her organs. Oh, we're
0: crying already, Amy.
3: A year later, she ends up accidentally sort of stumbling into the lives of one of the families that her daughter saves, but doesn't tell them who she is right away. Uh, Various (laughs) circumstances. Um, And this book is also told from various viewpoints. We have the mother of the, you know, who lost her daughter. And then we have the mother and daughter who, whose lives the daughter saved. There's like the mother and then her child and, and they're dealing with their own challenging and, you know, kind of complicated circumstances that this woman comes into and becomes a part of. So there's lots of drama.
1: and Wow. Um, and lots of mothers. I like that. I like mothers and daughters. I love those in books. Yeah.
3: It was. You know, I wrote Outside the Lines and I sort of strayed from that a bit because I went for the, the father-daughter perspective. Mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty important dynamic in a woman's life as well. But my heart is really with the mothers and daughters. I think it shapes so much of who we are.
0: Well, then, that's a perfect question um, to end our interview on. What, what's up for Mother's Day there in the Hothany household? What happens? Do you have family rituals? Do you? Is there something you secretly hope for? Now's your chance to secretly tell your family.
3: Yes, this is what I want. No. <laughs> My husband's wonderful. He is one of those very sweet men who buys me a huge gift certificate at the spa and I can either use it that day or save it. But usually I like to spend time with my family and uh, just go to a nursery and pick out hanging baskets for the spring and, you know, have some lunch. I like to cook it myself though. I'm not a big one for holidays in restaurants too busy mm-hmm. that service. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'll cook for myself because I'm the cook in the family, And um, but I love it. It's fun. We'll all be in the kitchen, and um, it'll be a great day. I can't wait. It'll be it'll be good.
0: Well, happy Mother's Day to you, Amy. It's been really a pleasure to talk to you. If you haven't discovered Amy Hotfany's books, please do because they're rich, and they're, as you can hear, full of wonderful uh, characters and wonderful emotion. For more information on Amy's work, you can go to SatelliteSisters.com, or you're just at com, right? I sure am. H-A-T-V-A-N-Y. Amy, H-A-T-V-A-N-Y. Amy, thank you so much. Best of luck with your new book. Enjoy your new writing style and happy Mother's Day. Thanks. Happy Mother's Day to you
3: guys.
0: Thank you. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Liz and Leanne here and we want to thank Pros for supporting this episode of Satellite Sisters. Now, you know, Liz, I've been out and about So you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash sisters. And pros is spelled P-R-O-S-E, pros.com slash sisters. Thanks, pros. Liz and Leanne here, and we are so grateful to have Osea support Satellite Sisters. Why? Because it's just a great product. Holy cow, do we, we love Osea's skin and body care. And you know what? This Mother's Day... And you get free samples in every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Osea is spelled O-S-E-A. So head on over to oseamalibu.com and use code SATSisters for 10% off. Thanks, Osea. I'm Leanne Dolan of the Satellite Sisters, and I invite you to spend your summer with Shakespeare. That's right, two opportunities to spend a little time with the bard in your bikini. First off, my book, Elizabeth, the First Wife. It's just out now, and it's the story of Elizabeth Lancaster, a Shakespeare professor at Pasadena City College, who gets involved again with her ex-husband, F.X. Fahey, a famous movie actor who wants to stage an avant-garde production of A Midsummer Night's Dream at the Oregon Shakespeare Festival. The two go off to Ashland, Oregon, and chaos, hilarity, romance ensues. Now you have your chance to win your own historic shakespearean weekend in ashland oregon that's right thanks to our sponsors the ashland springs hotel the oregon shakespeare festival and prospect park books we are giving away a fantastic prize a weekend for two in ashland oregon in august you get three nights at the beautifully restored ashland springs hotel it's in the book and it's in downtown ashland perfect for dinner for two at their award-winning Lark's restaurant and just a stone's throw from the beautiful theaters of the Oregon Shakespeare Festival. Well you'll be treated to not one but two Shakespearean classics, A Midsummer Night's Dream, and The Taming of the Shrew. And just in case you haven't read Elizabeth the First Wife by the time you end up in Ashland I'm going to throw in a personally signed copy of my book. I know you're going to want to enter for your chance to experience Ashland through the eyes of Elizabeth Lancaster, but don't delay because the contest ends June 30th, this summer, June 30th, 2013. So go straight to Satellitesisters.com and look for the banner ad at the top of the homepage. You'll see it. There's a big picture of Shakespeare on it. and It says click here to enter this summer with Shakespeare's sweepstakes. Thanks to the Ashland Springs Hotel, the Oregon Shakespeare Festival, and Prospect Park Books for making Summer with Shakespeare possible. We're back. We're the Satellite Sisters. I'm Leanne here with Julie, part of our Satellite Sisters Word Write Festival. You know, Julie, we've done this a couple times. We've done a million author interviews over the course of Satellite Sisters, and I just enjoy talking to authors because they actually think very deeply about things, don't they?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And in Amy's case, she was so nice. I know. That, I mean, that, you know, we've spoken to many nice authors. Yes. But she, in particular, you can tell, was such a sensitive, um, and caring, and as you said, thoughtful person. And that it comes through in the book, Liam.
0: You know, I looked at, I always get the Roman schedule, our great independent bookstore here in Pasadena, and I sort of circle the authors that I want to see. And I truthfully had never heard of Amy. And, um, but I saw that the book was about a stepmother relationship. And I thought, oh. I knew we were putting together the list of authors to speak to for this. And I just think that stepmother relationship is so complicated and so underserved in the media, you know, just because, right, right, all you ever hear about is the evil stepmother or you get the perspective of – the teenage daughter talking about the stepmother, you rarely get sort of a 360 degree portrayal of a stepmother. So when I went to hear Amy and she was so good, I encourage you to go to any of her appearances. If you're in the Northwest, she does quite a few up there. Um, She just was so thoughtful speaking about that relationship. I thought, I, you know, I hope the book is great, but she's still going to be a great guest on satellite sisters. And the book just really, I think, illuminated that relationship from both points of view the stepdaughter and the
1: stepmother. And that's tough to do. I know. Cause you can tell it's, it's, it's a struggle. There's yes. no, there's, there's no way around it, but to focus on that and to focus. And, you know, just as you said, there was no black and white it's, you know, there and, and that there's no rule book for being a stepmother. You know, I liked when Amy said, you know, you're making it up as you go along, you know, it's because it's not, you know, because if you had a mother, you, you know, when you grew up, that's not really the relationship that you're going to replicate as a stepmother. Some right. of it is, but it's a little different. And so that was interesting. I also, I just have so much admiration. For people like Amy, I mean, when you hear her personal story, like that, you know that she did have some trials and tribulations. That she gave up writing, and then she came back to it, and that she would get up at four o'clock in the morning. I, and write, I can't understand this because of course I'm not a writer, so I find no pleasure in writing. So, so there's no way I'm getting out of bed at four to start writing. But Leon, I know it's the same thing for you because you are a writer, and that you take great pleasure in the time. That you have to write. Yeah, but it's not a party. You know, that is, that part of it's true. <laughs> like, I feel like I have to
0: get the story out. That I understand, but sometimes it's hard to get the story out. Like, it's no party. I, I like what you said, I write before I have coffee, which I thought oh, I should try that. Um, <laughs> Because that's the crazy thing about writers or like when you hear I'm working 70 hours a week like Amy with the toddlers, the divorce, and still I'm getting up at four. <laughs> it, it's that it's not always fun and it's not always easy. You have good days and bad, but you feel like you have to do it. And I thought hers was just an excellent example of um, how, what I find myself saying to people who say, where do you find the time to write? I say, you don't find the time. You make the time. Mm -hmm. You know, you just, it's not going to show up at your doorstep, (laughs) you know, your calendar is not going to suddenly clear, uh, you have to kind of make sacrifices if you really want to, um, you know, if you really want to write, because the truth is you can't quit your day job. With the first couple of books, you know, it's just not that kind of profession either. So, yeah, I just thought she had a very inspirational story. It was really fun to talk to her. And mm-hmm. it's like we talked to Caroline Levitt. You
1: know, her first seven books didn't sell. Yeah. All right. See, I'm out. You know. Yeah. <laughs> book one. It's not, it's not a blockbuster. I'm out. But if, if, there would be no book one. So, but Leon, you have a new book coming up. Can we I
0: talk do. A bit about that? I do. Elizabeth, the first wife, is out. I just encourage people uh, to um, enter the great contest to go to Ashland, win that weekend in Ashland. It would make me so happy if like, somebody I personally knew that's not a relative of my family won that great summer with Shakespeare sweepstakes. Um, I'm looking forward to the next couple of weeks being out and about. And I appreciate all the fantastic um, posts and the links that people have done on Facebook facebook to the to the book if you recommended me on goodreads thank you if you've um written a recommendation on amazon thank you thank you i just appreciate it all and uh you know i'm i'm happy to have the opportunity to be out and about to talk about elizabeth the first wife
1: all right. That sounds good. It's going to be a very exciting summer, Leanne. Yes, it is,
0: Jewel. Let's hope. Let's hope. All right. For more of the interviews we've done for the Satellite Sisters Word Write Festival, you can go to satellitesisters.com. You will find um, all of our shows and podcasts at iTunes, or you can listen to them on the Stitcher radio app. Julie, we have more authors to talk to here for the Satellite Sisters Word right Festival. Looking forward to it. Me too. And don't forget, call your Satellite Sister. Oh, mm-hmm. oh,